0: Toy and welcome once again to a came from the radio. This is, show, the Big this is your host Mark Torres speaking with me via virtual distancing. We have none other than fishy sarcasms. Uh, Dominic definition man's Toronto.
1: I feel so socially distant.
0: We have our senior correspondent Charlie Saladino. Hello fun seekers. And we have from the life with Jenner G. Uh, Jenny Felton.
2: Hello, my boots just are on the wrong feet. So that's how things are going to go today. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So on this week's show, why not? So on this week's show, we're going to have another Jay Bird and Lee segment. Um, our senior correspondent, Charlie Saladino, has a mini interview with Keith Williams, who's a, a, a Marvel and DC anchor uh, from the Hurricane a convention that he went to. And I have an interview with uh, Crazy Comics' uh, Sam Vera. So before we do any of that, we have to take it away with the news. It's
3: morphin' time!
4: Who died? The news is
0: brought to you in by the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, which we are the official radio show of celebrating with 25 years of conflictness and pop culture stuff. more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. Their next convention is scheduled for January 29th. It's a one-day show, which is the Big Apple Trading Card Show. Tickets are on sale right now. I believe they're $10 if you get them right now. Uh, if not, it'll be more at the door. And I want to give a shout out. Uh, oh, yeah, also uh, forgot about Tui. Um, uh, I also forgot about our other sponsor, who is uh, sci fi.radio. And that's sci fi for your Wi Fi. And I want to give a shout out our Patreons, of which there are Danny Grillo, award winning director, Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous Shows of Media, Unjikun, Shadow Rabbit Art, The Huracan, Yasmin Array, and, and Rosa. If you want to have your own little shout out? Go to www.camefromereo.com, a brand new website. And on the uh, support us page, you have the pizza link and you have the Patreon link. So you can support us either way, but it's just for a dollar on our Patreon. You get a shout out um, on our show. And let's see. we start off with the news. As Charlie said, who dies? We'll start off with the sad news as we always do. Um, legendary music composure. composure.
1: Composure? Composure. You have to have it when you're composing.
0: I <laughs> music. Steven Sotomayor died recently, composure, wow, not composure, never mind, Um, as of the state of recording, no cause of death has been announced, while just listening off his credits will do him no justice, Uh, you just have to hear his music firsthand, so with that, check out West Side Story, uh, Gypsy, A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum, which I loved, (laughs) Sweeney Todd, and Into the Woods, just to name a few, Um, of note, he was mentored by Oscar Hammerstein, of Rodgers and Hammerstein's fame. So that's like a big-time music guy. Uh, you a play fan? You a fan of his uh, work, uh, Charlie?
4: Yes, I was. I'm a musician. I had to be a fan of his work. It's What's like
3: a law, right?
1: You,
4: <laughs> yeah. I'm sure the lights went out on Broadway uh, that night.
1: I was Bi- so, that's uh, Billy Joel. That's Billy Joel.
4: No, no, no. No, that's <laughs> what happens when... Oh, God. Oh, God. Why? Why? Uh, I, I don't
0: know. <laughs> Dominic, Urioli. you're also a musician, right, Dominic?
1: Uh, not, no, not really. I mean, I, I learned to play a little guitar. That's about it. Ah. Um, you, are you familiar know. with his how, work? Or you, how
4: big How big was the guitar? Was it very little?
1: Uh, you know, it little? makes oh. me look big. Uh, yeah. <laughs> tiny little guitar, tiny little strings. Yeah. I have a tiny little pick. Yeah. Everything's so small. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm a massive fan of his, but he has written songs that are in the cultural lexicon. So, I mean, there's certain songs of his that you just, you just you know, just know. Even, if you didn't, even if you didn't know it was his song. Right. I mean, West Side Story alone. Yes.
0: Jenny, um, are you a, a fan of his work?
2: Well, actually, really interesting. Into the Woods was my uncle's first movie that he ever filmed, ever. So that's really interesting.
0: Wait, was it a different
2: Into the Woods film? Maybe there's a different Into the Woods, but the Into the Woods is kind of famous. It's my uncle's There is, first filming. Yeah.
1: There is a, a, a filming of it as a stage musical with Bernadette Peters. Oh, okay. uh, Maybe that's what it it's is. Not,
2: yeah, this is not the stage musical. This is the movie. It's my uncle's first movie. So uh,
1: wow.
2: I'm, I'll have to see it. I'll have to ask my uncle. The movie it.
1: movie? The one with uh, what's his name? James Gordon?
2: I'm, I don't know. I, I didn't see it. <laughs> I'm clearly not well, a big supporter of my uncle's work.
1: I am now just.
2: Yeah, going we don't to support Google each this. other's work. We just kind of know about it. You know? Okay.
0: So, so while Dominic <laughs> is uh, Googling that, um, he was a, a, a spry 91 years old. So we'll move on okay. to the uh, second bit and final bit of sad news. A classic Hollywood actress, Arlene Dahl, also died recently, also as of this recording, which is uh, December 1st, 2021. No cause of death has been announced. Arlene starred in such classic films as My Wild Iris Rose, A Southern Yankee, Reign of Terror, Three Little Words, No Question Asked, Jamaica Run, The Diamond Queen, Bengal Brigade, Slightly Scarlet, As Wicked As They Come, The Pleasure Pit, Night of the Warrior, and Journey to the Center of the Earth, just name a few. Um, Of note, one of her sons, which is the eldest of three, is actor Lorenzo Llamas, so it keeps it in the family. Uh, Senior Correspondent, Charlie Saladino, do you remember... Journey to the Center of the Earth. Do you remember Arlene's work?
4: Yes, I do. I remember more than Journey to the Center of the Earth. I remember her work. She was a. Uh, she was definitely um, one of those actresses that will, be missed. You don't have to look up a picture of her to find out who she is. One of those, and uh, she was a very good actress, nice lady, and uh, it's a sad bit of news. Yeah. Uh, don't make this
0: a Are you familiar with uh, her work? No, did you find out uh, what Jennifer was talking about?
1: I have no idea what Jennifer's <laughs> talking about. Which, as you know, for this show, really isn't.
2: Is Jennifer strange. me? I go by like names <laughs> like Puff Daddy. So, like, is it your Jennifer, Mark, or me?
0: It's it's uh, my Jennifer. That's that's the old Jennifer. You're the new Jennifer. So, the new Jennifer yeah. is Jenny. Um,
1: yeah. I just respond to what Mark says. I assume he meant you.
0: <laughs> so he was. Oh. She was a, a super. Spry, ninety-six years old.
1: That's a pretty good run. I take 96. i I'm supposed
2: to live to ninety-six.
1: I'm telling you, I'm going to keep on going so as
2: long as I can. <laughs> keep going.
1: I um, don't. Well, well, you know, like going. as George Carlin said, the whole secret of life is not dying. Yeah, that's that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah.
4: That's, uh, that's and as Woody yeah. Allen, as Woody Allen said, that's how you gain immortality.
1: And Woody <laughs> Allen also <laughs> said, uh, i'm not dying." My adopted daughter is really attractive. So, you know, maybe we don't go with <laughs> that.
0: That's terrible. <laughs> terrible. So moving on to the not as sad news.
1: Uh, let's see. So wait, I'm just curious one thing. So I'm seeing that, you know, Loren- she had Lorenzo Lamas for Fernando Lamas, but was never married to Fernando Lamas. Okay. So just for Hollywood at that time, that's kind of scandalous, wouldn't it? You know?
0: Well, senior correspondent, Charlie Saladino, would you uh, agree or disagree with that? Well you know, Fernando
4: Llamas was married to, uh, also married to Esther Williams. And, uh, Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Esther Williams. And, uh, so I don't know where that, uh, Arlene Dahl thing came in, but, uh, you know, he was married to Esther for quite a while. In fact, um, that's where their son, uh, Lorenzo or whatever the frig his name is, uh, comes in and, um, Esther Williams did mind. not. Esther Williams did not approve of Billy Crystal's Fernando's Hideaway.
1: Fernando, it. it's better to look yeah. good than oh. to feel good. Yeah. Actually, as I look yeah. at Fernando Lamas, now they will list her actually Arlene Dahl as a spouse, but they, but for Arlene Dahl, they do not list Fernando Lamas. He had four wives,
0: not at the yep. same time.
1: <laughs> uh, almost, his first wife was from 1940 to 1944. Then his second wife is 1946 to 1952. Then his third wife, Arlene Dahl, who we're speaking about, is 1954 to 1960. And then wow. finally, Esther Williams, 1969 to
0: 1982,
1: when yeah. he died. This wow. man. Yeah. He got around. He got around.
2: Did he, did he pay alimony? Did he have to pay, I, he like, probably well,
1: did. I well, want to see what he would
2: really look like. Because a lot of times men and myself have a type. I just want to see this person have a type.
1: Fernando
4: let me tell you something, my dear. It is better to look good than to feel good.
1: Remember That's that. That's apparently mm-hmm. what he, he actually did say that, too.
0: Yeah. And yeah. you
1: look marvelous. <laughs> yeah. Marvelous. Oh, I wonder if he uh, used that on her. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Moving on to the not as sad news. Let's see. Yeah. Um, I'm going
1: really, really, really to <laughs> do
0: this one first. From the past meets present department. In 1984, a film starring Taiwanese Kung Fu performer, John Liu, L-I-U, called New York Ninja was filmed, but never made it to post-production. All that remained was a set of film reels with six to eight hours of footage. No audio, no credits, no call sheets, no storyboard, not even a script was to be found.
4: And then reels. Peter Jackson got it and made a four-hour movie.
0: It was in home. The, the the reels it, you're you're not you're not that far off, Charlie. Uh, the reels <laughs> found themselves in the possession of the production company Vinegar Syndrome, who decided to get the film completed by hiring an editor slash scriptwriter and the likes of Don the Dragon Wilson, Cynthia Rothrock, and 1980 screen queen Linnea Quigley, amongst others, to dub the voices. The effort took two years, and New York Ninja was released on Blu-ray in November of this year with a theatrical release slated for early of 2022. Uh, Curtis Spieler, the new director, says, <clears throat> what I tried to do was make the most coherent thing I could with the footage I had. <laughs> We're playing this straight. We're not trying to play up the silliness because I think it already comes through naturally. I asked myself, if, I, if my job was to have been so? the editor in the 80s, what I would have done? This was how I could maintain the spirit of the original. We knew it was campy and silly and over the top, but we also knew it can be appreciated from a modern-day sensibility in a different way. It's finding the audiences right now. Now, I saw this movie because I just heard of about you it, did. and I had to go find out what was going on. And it's it's yeah. like there was a movie I've talked about many times on the show called Kung Fury, um, where the it was a it was made now, but it was a throwback to the '80s, where the guy had a was a, a kung fu uh, fighting uh, cop. And he wanted to feed all bad guys. And he felt that the, he had to beat Hitler. So he had to go back in time to beat Hitler mm, because mm-hmm. he was like the oh, best Kung Fu baby. fighter. That's
2: a fun movie.
0: Yeah. So you take that, and then you take uh, the movie Kung Pao, which is where we get our That's a Lot of Nuts uh, thing from. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have them, and then you take them, any movie from Trauma, and you have them have like an orgy. <laughs> and their, their, their child is this movie.
1: I can honestly agree with this because I'm I'm silently watching the um, <laughs> I'd never before seen an explosion of ninja action. I'm yes. watching the uh, uh, trailer trailer on YouTube and you know, silently. And this is easily some ridiculousness right it's, here. It's Just, so it's so it's at a level. Top.
0: But the weird thing is is that it was it's like if somebody made it now. As a throwback to them, but it actually was made back then.
1: Yeah, that makes it
0: interesting. Yes, Charlie. Yeah, but
4: you're missing the whole thing when the executive said, or whatever hell voice you were doing. Yes. Um, (laughs) I thought the funniest line was, "We're trying to make it as coherent as possible."
5: Well, yeah, Yeah,
4: hysterical.
5: (laughs) Yeah, because he
0: had basically he had the footage of the film with no order. And they're like, all right, here you go. Make a movie out well, of this. It's like well, that's Quentin Tarantino. That's <laughs> <Basically>. a Quentin <Clinton> Tarantino
4: <laughs> thing. No. He's perfect at that.
1: Well, Everything's
4: yes. out of order.
0: But it's not even No, just- Qu-
1: Tarantino always shoots his movies exactly in order of the script.
0: <laughs> yeah. But like, if uh, anything,
1: it's Scorsese who's like, wait, like, what happened? Yeah,
0: like like Pope Fiction. So so just imagine if let's 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 use Pulp Fiction as a perfect example. Somebody gave you Pulp Fiction, like the, un, the unedited footage, just the reel right. of the film, right? Eight, six to eight hours, right? No voice, no <laughs> script, no dialogue, no nothing. And they go, here, make a movie. Right. They're like, uh, I hope I do good. You know, who knows? It's essentially a
4: cinematic. Well, puzzle. It's it's simple. What I would have done is I would have made a silent movie and put in all my lines. Well, that's what he did.
0: That's what I'm saying. Like he, what's he up? Took-
4: no, no, but funny stuff. Oh, like what? What's up, Tiger Lily? Okay. Allen?
0: Okay, yes, yeah. all right. But this, it, it's it's just something that you have to see. Like I said, it's those those three things put together in this amalgam of this weirdest thing ever. And like some parts just make no sense at all. But I'm like, I guess that's what he had to deal with. And it makes me wonder what was the original film look like? What was it supposed to be? Is it even close? what was originally envisioned what's
4: well, what's in New York ninja or New York ninja
0: it? yes New York ninja
1: yep okay Google that and and so, just, just look at the, the trailer alone yes
0: and it's yeah. it's ridiculous but it's like I said it was fun ridiculous' like yeah some something's happening. I like okay all
2: right. I wonder if the producers are going to get haunted by the original writers. Like, this is not what we had planned. Like, I feel like <laughs> if I died or the script was left over, that's what I would do. Some idiots in like you know, 20 or 30, 30, found some old footage of mine. Like, oh, let's turn this into something. I'd be like, I'm going to haunt you until you yeah. die. That's, that's what, you know, like
0: movie. That, that could be the sequel. <laughs> yeah.
2: You
4: yeah, the sequel. Becomes, they all get uh... haunted. Obviously no screening room, uh, screening room editing for that movie.
1: I can just imagine this becoming a a a, cult hit. You
4: just see him in the screening room, Pyfix, ship it!
1: (laughs) Honestly, I could see this becoming a cult hit, and then whoever originally worked on this movie back in the 80s is still alive and sued. Yep, exactly.
2: I'm I'm looking
1: forward to when you say the... So the Dominic (laughs) called it, from the Dominic called it department. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That's going to be funny. You never know. I always say you never know.
4: Look you know at Sharknado, right?
0: Sharknado. Yeah, how many
1: Sharknados and, did they make?
0: Six. And what was Mega Shark versus what was that? Mega Shark versus um, oct- uh, giant octopus. That was what it was called. Mega yeah, the one where that, that shark jumped up uh, about three thousand. And, and, 000, and, and, and ate the plane. plane. And ate the plane. Yeah. the plane. Yeah. That <laughs> was sure amazing. Is.
1: All you need uh. to make this a hit and make twenty more of them
2: is There's a Finchel- lawsuit.
1: Vin Diesel in a muscle car saying family. <laughs> you know, three things. Universal will pick that up and they'll take it for like 10 more movies.
4: Yeah. You
1: All right, don't so. need ninjas when you got family.
4: <laughs> it'd be, it'd be the stupid and ridiculous franchise. That's that would
1: be actually, that would make the movie. You see Vin <laughs> yeah. Diesel, you don't need ninjas when you got family. And then he drives like a muscle <laughs> yeah. car off a bridge yeah. and just hits a bunch of ninjas, movie over
2: or they could do ninja's <laughs> fighting for the black
4: Imagine, and, and then then they all go back to his house and they make a big barbecue and eat yeah
0: exactly <laughs> so moving on
4: Please. Um, let's let's see we can let's see we can get Please I,
0: move. I I have I, two we have two I don't want to move on we that, have to these two yeah, we don't want to move on from the this Fine. is how you handle the bad con experience department recently Anime NYC had its fourth year at the Javits Center, and reports are coming in mostly a Friday, of lines just to get in, exceeding four and sometimes five hours. As most cons do, having interviewed many an event organizer on this show, uh, from all the way up the top, all the way down to the little guys, uh, they take a few weeks to assess the good and the bad of the con and adjust for the following year. However, the folks at Anime NYC just a week later made a press release that announced the issues. It reads, in part, this year saw an increase of only 7,000 more attendees, but something was different. Everything was packed so much more. Why? We underestimated how many fans would come early and spend every moment of the weekend in the convention center. I want to be clear, though. Our fans are not to blame. This was anime's NYC plan failing to meet our fans' demand. The biggest example of this was building entry on Friday. Our Friday entry plan was based on entry plans in the previous years. However, we didn't expect the vast majority of our Friday and 3-day badge holders to arrive early on Friday morning, which caused a backup that only continued throughout the day. Again, our fans are not to blame. This was anime's NYC's plan failing to meet our fans' demand. We did as much as we could to speed of entry on Friday that progressed, but we couldn't dramatically re-engineer our plan until the queue was clear. Once it was, we in the Javits Center were able to uh, change the entrance plan to make it more efficient. And what took multiple hours on Friday was now averaging under 30 minutes on Saturday and Sunday mornings. So what does all this mean? Next year is Anime NYC's fifth event, and it will not be run like our first four. Our fifth anniversary will be resetting and re to re-deliver the experience of the community you deserve. Everything, and I mean everything, is currently being discussed to make sure we don't fall short again. If you didn't enjoy your time at Anime NYC, that's personally my responsibility. My goal has always been to provide an amazing experience, and I did not know for everyone this year. So we can deliver better next year, and every day until Anime NYC 22 comes will be spent focused on building New York City's the anime convention it deserves. Now I gotta say that takes it's the some...
1: longest thing you've ever had to read, and that's and just the highlights.
0: But oh my god, that's amazing and that they did that.
4: I just want to say it now: I am not going to the anime. <laughs> that's
2: it. Well, you don't want to be packed in like sardines. That's, uh,
4: yeah, that's it. I
2: think everyone's packed in like This falls like... under
1: this falls under the category of good problems to have. They if you think about it. As an event that you had such a demand that you didn't even were aware of that you had this much, like now just hopefully you have that same level of demand next year.
0: Maybe. But the fact that they put that out right away, and the fact that they yeah. took all responsibility, like yeah. every little bit, that's 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 high end. That's amazing. I and, gotta give them a shout also- out. Yeah,
4: also, Mark, that's the longest copy you ever read.
0: Like, that's what uh, Dominic what said. said. That's what I that's said. That's what
4: I just said. I just said
0: what Dominic said. But it was, anyway. and that was just the highlights. Like, but I just really appreciate that they did that, and I want to make a note that. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're wrong. That, you don't, you don't you're think you still that not that's, going. You don't think that that's awesome that they did that. Yeah, I no matter how know. happy you are, Mark, you're still not going. <laughs> <laughs> terrible you guys are terrible you guys are terrible all right so we'll just move on to the next bit of item
1: now i thought that yes. the anime fest at least used to run concurrently or at least once or twice ran concurrently with new york comic-con correct new York comic-con and then they yeah. separated it so correct. i guess they didn't have one last year
0: well no they were both it was, it was virtual if at all
1: right it was right so that kind of like i just i don't know i i'm um I thought it'd been around longer than just having had four shows. That's what no, I'm trying to get at.
0: They they started, they they um they just they started, then they were on the same weekend and then they split and then they just started growing, growing, growing.
1: Okay, so they're I guess counting the when they split having like a solo show. Right. As it growing. Got right. it. Okay.
0: All right. So from the last bit of news from the ho ho oh no you didn't department. <laughs> to celebrate
1: to <laughs> at least it's a, at least it's not it's ho course. ho use a ho <laughs>
0: <laughs> to celebrate the yeah. upcoming 50th anniversary of Norway's decriminalization of homosexuality, the Norwegian Postal Service has released a four minute ad titled When Harry Met Santa. In it, due to being frustrated by only seeing Santa briefly once a year, mm-hmm. Harry, who is an adult gay man. Writes, Dear Santa, all I want for Christmas is you. (laughs) Now To be fair, the commercial does show their friendship over the years. And because it ultimately is a commercial for the Norwegian post office, Santa gets help from them so he can spend Christmas with Harry. And they actually embrace, and yes, they do kiss. So Santa's gay now. Um, the Norwegian yeah, post office only, says, only in only Norway, in no- I heard only, in Norway. only in Norway, <laughs> that's yeah. it. The Norwegian post office says,
1: it has been a dark
2: well, what year. What about for- us? What about the United States? I want a gay Santa too. What about us?
1: That's not what the no, Norwegian Post Office says. a Hurricane Santa.
2: <laughs> the yeah. Norwegian Post right. Office Sorry.
1: says
0: it has been a dark year for everyone a global pandemic, code red for our planet, refugee crisis, and more. Perhaps what we need this year is a warm and heartfelt love story, a celebration of the fact that we can love whomever we want in Norway, despite everything being bad that happens around the world. The right to love whoever you want is a fundamental human right and is not considered a political issue in a free democratic societies in 2021. Norway Post has connected people for 375 years and will continue to do so regardless of orientation or gender identity. Now so, you can all say what you want to say.
4: So are they also <laughs> going to change the song in Norway to Santa Claus is coming in town?
2: not ah, Charlie. Wow, oh.
1: that just went somewhere wrong.
2: Is <laughs> Santa going to drop off yeah. the gifts down the chimney, and when he drops him, he's going to go, "Yes, Queen." Yeah. It's terrible. <laughs>
4: I don't care. That's ridiculous. That ridiculous. I, I don't like know. it.
2: This is great. This is Jen likes it.
1: <laughs> Dominic, what do you I think?
2: It. I almost cursed. First of all, like
1: just it. because Santa kisses a dude, I think it's a major <laughs> presupposition to now say that he's gay. He could be bisexual. He could be pansexual. He could be polyamorous. You don't know what he's up to. Up there. <laughs> yeah. oh, it's true. True. And true. second off, it's lonely at the North Pole. He has Mrs. Exactly. Claus. Well, I you know, like Mrs. Claus. But basically, like, like Tim and his wife, and, you know, and he's been alive for how long? And. He's Look, got elves what, and reindeer and stuff, but like they're employees, he can't relate to your but employees.
4: what is going on with Mrs. Santa Claus?
0: I just said that. Are you even listening to the show, Charlie? Maybe Mrs. <laughs> nobody, Santa Claus just isn't,
1: isn't just interested in him anymore. Maybe they've right. got a point well, in their marriage, in Norway, where they're just good friends. Yeah.
2: And
4: in Norway, maybe she drove in lady
1: Broadway. for him.
2: All
0: right, wait, wait, wait. All right, Charlie, go. Yeah, Charlie. What?
4: Say what you're gonna you. say. <laughs> oh
2: gosh. I'm no,
4: saying I, in Norway they got another lady
0: for Mrs. Claus now. Okay, Jen, go. Mm.
2: I would just say maybe uh, maybe Mrs. Claus drove him into the arms of Harry, <laughs> and I've never heard of him of Santa embracing anyone else. So you know, I'm just happy he's getting some. At least somebody is.
0: So um, we well, have I, we have two minutes. So I want I want to throw this out there because our senior correspondent Charlie Saladino commented on our Facebook page as us. So it made completely no sense. So I was watching the Netflix (laughs) Wait, wait, what was that? What did you say?
1: Charlie, you make no sense.
0: I said, with less than two minutes to go, I'm going to reference a comment on our Facebook page that I made that you commented (laughs) on as
1: ourselves.
0: (laughs) Oops. So I was watching um, the Netflix animated series Big Mouth, and they had a Christmas special. Mm. In it, they promised to show full frontal Santa nudity. and Oh, man. I don't want to hear this stuff. Finally. This is what
2: I've been waiting
0: for. From from seeing that and the elves doing stuff and now seeing Santa kissing a guy, I've had a crazy relationship with Santa this year.
2: Yeah, they're really jazzing up is, with the
0: this sexual is, content. All anatomy. right, so with Hey, with, I'm with a, a minute fan. to go, minutes ago, Charlie, go, minutes ago. Go ahead. A minute to go? We have less than a minute to go. Charlie, go ahead.
1: Final the thought. World, is what the
4: world's saying. all the world's all going to hell. We better start building the R
0: Kenny feldy. What do
2: you got um, for us? You know, I'm amused by the sexualization of Santa because it's kind of all good fun. It's nothing too crazy. But the another media has been over-sexualized to the point where I just want to become Amish. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm not fishy, down with it. Fishy sarcasm. Dominic's definition of man's What do you got?
1: Well, in the words <laughs> of uh, Dominic Toretto, uh, Santa Claus's sexuality doesn't matter when you have family. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hmm.
0: With that, we're going to take out a break and we'll be right back with the camp and radio.
2: Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark. At mfc underscore studios at
6: hotmail.com.
7: This month at Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin, get ready for the Marvel event, Devil's Reign, And from DC Comics comes Justice League Incarnate. And from Image Comics and the mind of Todd McFarlane, it's Spawn Scorched number one. All December at Cosmic Comics, you get the gift of 10% off your purchase when you say Hurricane at checkout. Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin is open Wednesday from noon to eight. Thursday from 2 to 7, Saturday and Sunday from noon to 5. That's Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin, located at 846 Merrick Road in Baldwin, New York. 516 1133
6: Happy holidays from Cosmic Comics. Michael McManus.
4: I played Kai on Lex. You're listening to It Came From The Radio.
6: My neural net processor is linked to sci-fi.radio. It's sci-fi for my Wi-Fi. The more I listen, the more I learn. Now, back to our show.
5: Hey, this is Jayburn and Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today, we're going to talk about the eight wonderful nights of Hanukkah. <laughs> uh,
3: yeah, Hanukkah's great. You, Well, at least for you, right? Because you're getting all these presents.
5: <laughs> yeah. Eight nights of presents. Seven, I, I guess. No, eight.
3: It's eight. Yeah, what eight. do you mean? I don't know.
5: I thought... I was thinking days. Eight I, days. I did, yes. Yeah.
3: Seven. (laughs) Do you want me to minus a present? (laughs) No. We could celebrate less. (laughs) No. You like to celebrate more? Yeah. All right. Well, that's always a good thing. So, what did you want? What do you want?
5: Um, I don't really have much I want this year. I mean, literally, I want the (laughs) basic. I want, like, the basic necessities, like a wallet, a portable charger, socks. And, no. What well, do you? I asked that for, from Grandma.
3: Really? You got, you're got going to get socks from <laughs> I'm Grandma? i socks from Grandma. Oh, that's a Jewish staple, I think. <laughs> um,
5: What else did I... I said portable charger. I guess... I, I don't really have anything else. Oh, watch. Oh, and a watch. But that's about it. Yeah, that's and the... money. Cash. That'd be nice. Cash money? <laughs> yeah. Cash money green.
3: <sighs> I was going to give you maybe a dollar... No, $100 in singles. But then your brother said, no, that's not a good present. You should get...
5: I'd rather have a $100 bill.
3: No. He didn't want that either for you. He wanted maybe...
5: Why is he deciding what, what presents I get? He
3: wanted to give you a 100 pennies.
5: That's like a dollar though.
3: Yeah, but it's a hundred.
5: But I rather... <laughs> I have a hundred, hundred dollar bills?
3: No. Please <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen <laughs> at all. It would be, like, ridiculous <laughs> that you would get that. Um, yeah, so you really don't have any thoughts on your Hanukkah presents.
5: No. Well, maybe a new phone, because mine is broken and really glitchy, so.
3: Um, do you want a iPhone 12, 11, 10?
5: Probably 11. 11? Yeah.
3: Really? So not... And there's the 13 that came out, so you...
5: I don't really care about what type of phone it is, as long as it works, and I have my necessities, and not a flip phone, and not Mm -hmm. (laughs) an iPod Touch, (laughs) something that has Wi-Fi. Well,
3: Wi-Fi could be an iPod Touch. No. 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 (laughs) No?
5: There's some things that's like the same size as my phone, and I don't know, actually works.
3: (laughs) So that's a pretty good present and that's kind of like crazy that you want that because that's just the a gift phone? that keeps on giving because oh, I'm paying yeah. for it all the time <laughs> and you just get a nice phone. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I don't know about that, but I guess we I guess we'll think about it. We'll figure out if it's worth it for you to have a phone. I mean, you do get a 90, right? You have a 90 average.
5: 90.5. So like a 91.
3: You have a Well, 90.5 and a 91.
5: No, there's... A, there's You round up and it's a 91.
3: Wait, you round up. <laughs> this is the school round up? Uh... You don't know what they do, right? <laughs> alright, alright. So maybe you'll get a phone. I don't think you're supposed to get one better than your mother, but that might when be... What does mom have? She has the 12. And she, I just got her the 12 before the 13 came out, so that was a bad idea. Oh, that's...
5: Idea. Didn't that happen with, uh me once where you got yourself a phone and then like the six came with it but then if you waited like a week you could have gotten twelve like two twelves.
3: Something like that, yeah. So I totally messed up.
5: <laughs> Missed the lotto on that one.
3: Well, that's alright, you know. Um, well, it's alright for me. I don't care about phones that much. Maybe <laughs> then I dropped my
5: phone in the ocean. Yes. Remember so sure. that? Yes, yeah. you lost
3: your phone in the ocean but you still have this new one. Yeah. Um, And that's always fun so mm-hmm. you'll have that which will be maybe you'll get one of those I don't know I haven't decided I got to talk to the people at Verizon to see if it's worth it
5: who's the oh okay yes <laughs>
3: Verizon would be makes sense it'd be
5: like yeah get a phone
3: <laughs> well of course they're like yeah get a phone they're like buy eight phones
5: yeah buy mm. like a million mm, yeah. to give us money
3: <laughs> exactly you know it's too funny but I guess that's that's your Hanukkah do you expect any kind of cool foods for Hanukkah like anything you want to not really. Like it's usually you get like donuts and fried lockas. Oh, lockas, lockas,
5: lockas, lockas.
3: The potatoes, right? Fried potato, basically. Yeah. Do you like uh, putting applesauce on it, mm. or sour cream? Some people put sour cream.
5: It depends on my mood.
3: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on the moon. I got gotcha. you. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you know, hopefully your mood is to get some presents and good food.
5: Yep. Well, uh, definitely is to get presents.
3: <laughs> all right. For those of you who celebrate, happy Hanukkah. For those of you
7: who you don't, enjoy the holidays. And, stay you know.
5: safe, stay healthy, and stay connected.
6: this is the amazing question and you're listening to it came from the radio now back to our show
4: this is Charlie Salonino from it came from the radio. I'm here at the hurricane with once once more an amazingly talented artist. Uh, his stuff is beautiful. Keith Williams, Keith, how are you today? I am doing great. Thank you. Thank you very much for inviting me on the show. <laughs> Keith, let us uh,
6: let us know what's going on with you. Tell us some of, some something about your art here. Well, let's see. I've been—it's—it's uh, it's been almost forty years since I started working, you know, like as a comic book artist, and uh, I, I've been uh, doing lots of different things during that time for Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, Valiant, King Features, uh, working on the on the Phantom comic strip, uh, Avatar Press, uh, and have worked on a lot of different pencils uh, during the time that I was an anchor. Uh, right now. Uh, I'm, I'm doing actually more of both, uh, penciling and inking as an illustrator. Uh, I'm, I'm working uh, on commissions and uh, just traveling the convention circuit right now, mostly in the Northeast. I have been to MegaCon in Florida, but mostly in the Northeast um, areas where, where you can find me at different uh, comic book conventions.
4: Right. Um, I, was, I was telling the other artist, I said, it's nice to be back. It's nice to see the, the artist it's nice to see the talent um, it's just great to be back and uh, are you um, are you happy that that we're coming back with this
6: obviously yes oh absolutely uh, you know I, I mean being an artist you're usually like a hermit uh, in your room you know like working in your art you know like putting together the next the next thing uh, and not really thinking about too much about being outside uh, but I'll tell you after you know 2020 and the amount of time that you were you had to stay inside you really start to change it's not that you're not a hermit anymore but you don't want to be by yourself as much as you had to be back in you know like back in 2020 I'm really glad that things are starting to open up now and to get to see my old friends again to see the fans and you know like just just to be out and about and you know like not to be so you know like trapped being inside, I'm, I'm just glad that we're able to get out now.
4: Well, Keith, um, during the pandemic, uh, you must have had a lot of time to do a lot of homework. work. <laughs>
6: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, which, which you can see here on my table, actually. Uh, uh, it gave me a chance to uh, either catch up with commissions that I needed to do, or you know, I create new uh, pieces for uh, prints and uh, original artwork. Yeah, it, it, it did give me that that time to do that. It, uh, it was good in one way, and you know, in the other way, you know, it would have been better if we didn't have this. But yeah,
4: I'm I'm looking at your artwork here, and I'm loving you phantom your spider-man lady death without you know that goes without saying but phantom spider-man uh and lady death all are amazing do
6: you have a favorite do i have a favorite oh gosh Oh, that, you know, like I've, I've done so many different things. I, I, I you know, like All of them are really, you know, I like get the moment my favorite, but uh, I, I guess I got to say, like, uh, um, Spider-Man and The Phantom. Uh, they were the two, two of my longer-running uh, gigs that I'd done. And, uh, uh, like, every time I draw them, I, I still, you know, I feel, you know, like the excitement that I had when I was doing it, you know, like for either the comic book or the comic strip.
4: That's beautiful. Keith, if uh, someone wanted to see your work or get in touch
6: with you, uh, tell us about your social media okay well if you uh look me up on um, instagram that really shows all the artwork that i'm doing right now all the um all the original work and it also tells you when i'm going to be uh what next convention i'm going to be at so that's uh instagram uh keith williams comic book art and then there's also facebook and that's keith williams i'll I'll be the guy that has the phantom ring on his fingers that i don't have right now but but (laughs) but i usually have my phantom ring on my finger (laughs) yes
4: Keith, thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to talk to you. It's such an honor to talk to such a great artist, and uh, we'll
6: see you again soon. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for inviting me. I, I I really enjoyed this, and and hi to all the fans out there. Hope to see you soon. This
4: is Charlie Saladino at the Hurricane, and we're going back to you, Mark. Take it away.
7: Ever wanted to enter the world of comics but didn't know where to start? Worry not true believers, we at the Comic Book School may just have the answer to your questions. Created by comics veteran Buddy Scalera, the Comic Book School is a free online educational resource that helps rising creators learn the craft and business of making comics through resources like forums, interviews, publication opportunities, publisher guidelines, and step-by-step blog posts. For more info, please visit our site at www.comicbookschool.com sure to join our forums and follow us on social media while you're there we'll see you on the message boards
6: now
0: back to our show and welcome back to a came from radio official this is your host mark torres speaking with me via virtual distancing i have none other than sam the crazy man vera from cats the craze uh comics uh movie brand um animation uh what else what else have i have i missed that you're a part of Uh,
8: podcasting um you know we do it all we write books children's books You know, pros.
0: You're you're a modeling company. You do everything. The only (laughs) thing you haven't done is send people to space, right? There
8: you go. Yes. All depends on how you look at it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we can can use it as a time travel thing. You see the past, present, and future. You're doing one of those things at all times.
8: Yes, absolutely.
0: So it's been a while since you actually were on the show. You actually were in the studio, but that was pre-pandemic. And then the whole world changed and now we're virtual. So how have you been and what have you been doing since then?
8: Uh, Since the pandemic, uh, you know, all my plans had to change dramatically like everybody else's. And um, so um, I have just been grinding, working on my books and building the podcast and the audience on the back end. I moved to Texas just uh, two months ago. Um, So I'm currently from in Texas now, grew up on uh, the East Coast my whole life. And uh, so right now, uh, uh, as we're speaking, I'm promoting my campaign for Forbidden, um, issue number two. So I launched three campaigns for my series Forbidden, which I wrote 20 years ago. And we launched issue zero and one, and now we're on issue number two. And we will be launching my podcast-based comic book series called Cast the Crazies, um, the graphic novel in january of 2022 um so at the end of the forbidden campaign i will be handling all of you know, s- you know making sure that everybody gets their packages and their rewards in, in between december and january and launching cast the crazies in january so it's gonna be a busy season for me so
0: as an independent creator did you find that the pandemic helped or hurt your uh,
8: process it helped to put out content it helped me to focus on just creating content um, it hurts with networking and a visibility and reach. So, you know, I'm really good uh, in, a, you know, at events, and uh, and I had a lot of plans for major launches at events, and that had to change. So, normally when you're you're preparing for events, it slows down your creative process and how much work you put out. So, the pandemic really let me go back, recalibrate, say, all right, what's important right now. And so um, I mean we put out three issues of Cast the Crazy, you know, um, as we put out three issues of Forbidden. Uh and you know, we've been, I mean, I have over. We're about we just um recorded episode 340 of Cast the Crazy podcast. And so um just been busy doing that. Now, I still um believe that uh you need to be out. At events and and venues to be able to meet with, you know, the movers and shakers and the fans. And uh, so 2022, my aspirations is to be able to do at least eight conventions in 2022, uh, specific conventions. But um, again, we never know because things change on a dime. One of the things I've noticed
0: uh, as, as, as listeners of the shows who have been fans of the shows for a long time, I've known you for a very long time. And one of the things I've noticed that at conventions, you have a presence there. Is that something that you had to work on the fly as time went on? Or is that something you already knew this is how we're going to do? Because I remember when you guys had the baseball uniforms that one yeah. year.
6: Yeah.
0: Was that something that was uh, planned ahead of time? Like, all right, this is what we're going to do. Or was it uh, more of a learn as we go type of deal and how do you
8: manage to have that presence well so i mean you know i grew up a big fan of like the wanderers and the warriors and um the warriors had those vests you know the wanderers had the wanderers jackets i always i was on a baseball team you know i played football when i was a kid and so i always believed that you needed to show what a team looked like and so i used that approach when we did you know no one There were no rules we were novices going into the comic book game and so it's like you know what if i don't know the rules i'm not breaking any rules that's the way i looked at it so i said we're just going to go and do what um we think is best and the uniforms came into into play and um and we stood out and it it worked and so initially it was just we want to show that we're the new kids in the block and, you know, coming into the scene and we wanted to be identifiable and recognizable at the event. And that's why we did it. So what is the biggest takeaway you've
0: learned as to what not to do and what to do at conventions?
8: Uh, my biggest takeaway is, um, number one, don't, I guess, don't bite off more than you can chew. You know, I think most, everybody wants to be an overnight success. Everybody wants to, everyone believes they're going to sell a hundred books at a convention. Everyone believes that, you know, so what happens is they take more inventory than they need. They spend more money on producing the inventory and they wind up staying in the red. So look at the the venue size. Go before you go and attend a specific convention, go and attend as a fan. Check it out. Talk to the people in, or look at the traffic in Artist Alley. Look at the traffic in the mainstream sections, you know, and then talk to the people there. Get a sense of what you will do and just stand back and just watch the artist alley tables. If you can do alley or the small press arena and just look at how many transactions you see uh, per table. And that's going to give you a good idea as to number one, because you're in a competitive arena when you're there. So don't just assume people are just going to come and gravitate to you unless you have a name behind you. And, um, so what I look at, I, you know, I, I don't take more than 50 of any copy of any issue now, uh, back in the days we had, we had luggage. I mean, we had, we, we, we had so many, we, I mean, we look like the traveling circus. We had so many, you know, luggage with us and, uh, and we would print hundreds of books and we didn't even sell it. And so, uh, now I do 50. Uh, So I do like 50 of number ones and then I do about 30s of number twos and threes. And then, um, and I'll have, if, if I'm on the road, I'll have it in the, if I'm driving, I'll have it in a truck in my car extras if in the event I need it. But most of the time you don't, it's really the number ones people want. If they don't know who you are, um, they're not willing to take a chance on the others. Um, That's number one rule. The number two rule is don't go to the convention to sit down with your head down and and not pay attention to what's going on and not trying to sell because now you have to be a salesman. So that's the second thing that you that's the worst thing that you can do. Um, What you should be doing is know the market, know the audience, know the event you're going to go to. You know, I did an event in Long Island and it was, it was a cosplay event. You know, I shouldn't have been there. I should have done my homework, but, you know, I was so desperate to want to do an event that I went and it was basically 890 percent 90% cosplayers. And so um, they were just there for step and repeats, photo ops and social media posts. So um, when you're at a venue, make sure you're standing up. Make sure you're saying hello. Make sure you have a sales pitch. Make sure you have multiple pitches. Um, and don't overcrowd your table, you know, make it clean, make your statement, clean, identifiable, let people be able to see your banner, your logo, um, and always smile no matter what, even when you're frustrated because, you know, you, you, you're expecting to do a certain amount and you're not, if it's a three day event, anytime, any moment of that day, things can change your way, but it's about how you hustle, how you network and how you, um, and how the people perceive you, if they see you not looking interested, they're not going to be interested. So you gotta be your biggest cheerleader at the conventions. Now you did say
0: um you want to have a clear message on your table. Yes. But your two books, Forbidden, Catch the Crazies, even and and then there's the Alien and Toilet, very different genres, very different uh uh target audiences. Right. How do you manage to do that? How do you manage to have a brand that has
8: such a, a far reach? And still keep my, it under one umbrella. Because I'm selling me as the, the creator behind the series. So along you know, when I first started, we used to have these big banners promoting a specific title or multiple titles. Now what you see on my banner is the art of Samuel Vera, right? And so that's and with my logo, the art of Samuel. And then on the tables, everything that I've that represents my 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 creative, my creativity. So I'm really selling me. And, and I'm trying to build a fan base around my work of, uh, um, and then the brand second Where back before it was the brand first and me second. So I'm really trying to expose myself as the creator. And, uh, so I changed things up because it's costly to always want, have a banner per title. And when you have multiple titles, that's so different and the genres are different. The audience is different. Um, you can confuse people because they, you'll start looking like a vendor. And I don't want to look like a vendor. I want to look like a creator who happens to have created all these books. And so I'm selling me first and say, yes, I'm an artist. I'm a writer. And this is what I've done. And, and I have something for everyone. And then I start there. So I start pitching me as the creative and then I, and I walk them through my library. So we have
0: about less than five minutes to go. So let's do social media time now. So where can people find out more about you and more
8: about your stuff and go? Everywhere. So uh, all you have to do is put in Catch the Craze. That's with a D-A not a T-H-E. So it's Catch the Craze. And you'll find me everywhere, whether it's Snapchat, Twitch, Tumblr, Twitter, Pinterest, uh, Reddit, uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, wherever it is, I'm there. And you'll be able to find me. And if you want to visit my website, it's crazycomics.com, which is with two E's not a Y. Yeah, I do everything different. So it's crazycomics.com. And you can see, check out my store. I have a store. All my books that I've created are available for purchase directly through me. Um, every order, the moment it's received the same day, it's processed and packaged. And, um, and that by morning, um, it's shipped out. So the day that of the transaction, everything is guaranteed to be packed and, and ready to go. Um, the only time that doesn't happen is if I'm traveling at a convention and there'll be a notice on the website All orders will be processed on my return from this event. Um, so you'll know in advance. So you can either have the option of ordering it then or waiting till I get back. So how important is the
0: social media since you're everywhere? Do you find that that takes away from actually creating for the social media or is that part of the creative process now?
8: Yeah, it's a double-edged sword. It does because um, it requires a lot of time, especially when you're doing a, a crowdfunding campaign. Um, it takes a lot of your personal time. So, I mean, I dedicate at least two hours a day just to social media. And if I was able to take those two hours a day, you know, times seven, that's I, I could produce a couple of pages of, of books. Um, but it's a it's a necessary evil because you want people to see you. The end when you don't have venues and events. To be able to go to you have to trust that your message is being seen and hopefully people will click and want to learn more about you so there's no guarantee um you know likes are not going to get you anywhere it's going to be the engagement is when the people respond is when the people follow you is when the people you know are interested and go to your website and click through and that's what i'm looking for i'm not looking for likes or you know or thumbs up i'm looking for engagement and i'm looking for conversion How do I convert somebody who just saw my image to a potential um, uh, buyer of my products or believer in what I do? So with uh, two minutes left,
0: I just want to mention because of the engagement, um, we've actually been engaging um, on the YouTube channel where you have not just the Cast the the Craze podcast, but other videos as well, video series as well. So uh, less than two minutes, can you describe what other things people can find on your YouTube page?
8: Yes. So, Cast the Craze, we interview independent creators in all arts. Um, and we have the Craze in 10 or less, which is basically I take a topic. Sometimes, given you gave me a great topic that it ended up being a four part series, and I'll take a topic and try to do it. It's never, the pun is 10 minutes or less, but it's usually over 10 minutes. And, um, and then I also have what's in the box where I uh, basically review comic books that are sent to me by independent creators or children's books or prose, whatever it is that you send me. I will review it and feature it on what's in the box. And then whenever we do conventions, I usually put like the road to or and I also go live illustrating um, some of my, my books as well. All right. So with less than minutes minute to go, do you have any final thoughts? Take a chance on this independent. Visit crazycomics.com. Check out my books. My kids' books look great for Christmas. Great gifts for your kids, for your cousins, for your nephew, for your brother, your, your parents, anybody who's interested in comic books. I have a prose called ARG. Check it out. Crazycomics.com
0: um my final thought is this uh once again thank you for being a guest on the show i've known you as i've mentioned known you for many many years and many much continued success and i have less than 30 seconds so i want to give you a quick question do you personalize and autograph the stuff that people buy on your site or is yes. that an extra charge
8: no it's I, I all all signatures are for free uh so okay. you just have to request it uh, when you're making the purchase
0: all right so with that we're going to take our break and we'll be right back with we came from the radio Hey, everybody,
4: this is Todd McFarland of the Record Setting Spawn Comics Series. And if you're looking for any kind of cool conversation about creators, about entertainment, about all that good stuff, you go to It Came From the Radio. You're listening to the right spot.
2: Hey, guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on breads, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, Inc. K R I S T Y. Text me at 631-606-8166. This is Tammy Stranak, um, best known for playing the childlike empress in the never-ending story, an upcoming man and witch fantasy film. You are listening to It Came From the Radio. Hello, radio listeners. What are you thinking? We want to hear from you. What's working for you? What things would you like to hear more about? Write us your thoughts.
0: Or you can buy us a pizza. Just go to our website www.itcamefromradio.com and click on the Buy us a pizza link. Leave your comment there
2: and we'll read them on video. Hi, this is Suli from Face Off Season 2. You're listening to It Came From The Radio.
7: If you had any honor, you would listen to Sci-Fi.Radio, the sci-fi for your Wi-Fi.
6: Kapla. Now, back to our show.
0: So that about does it for this week on The Came From the Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of this show... Tough. Go to our website, www.camefromtheradio.com. Listen to your archives in a week or so. Check us out on such places such as btdradio.com or our social media pages such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter.
2: And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or...
1: Just Google it came from the radio and we'll see you next week.
2: You've been listening to it came from the radio with Mark Torres.
6: The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management owners or staff of the station. We now return you to
0: your earthly scheduled broadcast.